episode 203 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest and or conversations on anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. If you have an editorial you'd like to read or have us read for you, let us know by emailing it to us at podcast at anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? Leftism Against Anarchy from medium.com slash at no wing. This is a poorly written, badly thought out piece promoting a perspective that I probably agree with, but there are many barriers to understanding the point, including movable definitions, what is a revolution, what is success, for that matter, why is betrayal continually in scare quotes, especially when the author agrees that there was in fact a betrayal, what is the challenge of disagreeing with Stalin, unless your audience is tankies, why are there coy questions slash accusations about people not knowing history when that could not be more obvious? <sighs> this piece apparently is anti-leftism, and one presumes leftists, and spans eras and continents, sparsely peppering the rhetoric with actual examples of problem behavior and attitudes, and then loading up those examples with all kinds of meaning. Quote, Russia, Spain, Mexico, Haiti, Manchuria, Ukraine, Greece. This larger picture shows that leftist opposition to anarchism is not some sort of aberration, but a consistent trend. Some may desire to dismiss these events as ancient history, but they are absolutely a trend that continues to this day. Just a few weeks ago, communists attacked an anarchist bookstore in Hamburg, Germany. The actions of the left show that they are in no way interested in upending the state of things. They are purely interested in control." Unquote. That said, the ending paragraph is pretty good, but not good enough to save this rambling, overlong, ill-considered text that I probably agree with. <clears throat> Lawrence Ferlinghetti, Anarchist Poet, from the free online.wordpress.com by Robert Graham. This is barely an obituary, really just a note about his death and one of his poems. He was 101, though, which is impressive. I didn't realize he was an anarchist, which seems ridiculous. Also, fuck February, seems like. Attacks in Solidarity with Demetrius Kofantinas from Athens Indie Media, a communique. Three banks were vandalized in various Greek cities and a window was broken at the office for the Greek consulate general. I hope Demetrius hears about these actions. Solidarity news for D. Kofantinas in Greece from Act for Freedom Now. Another communique about a series of actions including, quote, an intervention on the local ITV channel interrupting the main news bulletin at 20.30, 8.30 p.m., unquote. There is a video clip of this, also vandalism of a supermarket in Zograhu, and a march of more than 150 people in Volos, a bigger march in Patras City, another march in Giannina City, and a solidarity rally in Levadia. Quote, victory in the struggle of the political prisoner, hunger and thirst striker Dimitris Kufantina, immediate satisfaction of his request, you sow fear, you reap anger, unquote. Lawrence Ferlinghetti in memoriam from Kerouac.com. This would be the actual obituary and, of course, focuses on poetry and the famous people he knew and never mentions anything about him being an anarchist, although someone else's anarchist parents are mentioned. Although there's this, quote, as any attempt to concisely encapsulate Ferlinghetti's influence on literature and popular culture will inevitably be understated, let it suffice that with his passing, the world loses one of its greatest luminaries. In person, he was ever kind, good-humored, and encouraging, particularly to young people with big dreams, unquote. There's an argument that that refers to us, right? Ha. Anyway, I liked the poem one better, Let the Dead Speak for Themselves. Kropotkin and Freedom from Freedom News UK by Silva Varengo, an article about Kropotkin's association with the Freedom newspaper and links to the things he wrote for them. At least that's how it's introduced. It's more about the paper and less about Kropotkin, but, you know, one of those things is a little less zombie than the other, so your call. Quote, the first issue of Freedom sold 1,600 copies in its first three weeks, and sales increased for following editions, causing it to become, in the years that followed, Britain's leading English-language anarchist journal. In the early 1890s, the number of copies sold per issue varied from 2,000 to 3,000, before decreasing again with the start of the new century to 1,500 copies, unquote. Which is the zombie, you ask? Constructing an Anarchism Contra Un from Libertarian Labyrinth. I've said a number of times that I think this project is great, and given some reasons why. This entry gets further into the question of anarchist interactions or practice, what are anarchist ways of treating each other, there are a couple of bulleted lists, and a link to Whitman's poem Leaves of Grass. Sean posits the slash a goal of, quote, 
learning how to live like the anarchies that we are, unquote. Continuing the thread of each of us being multiple and individual together, to paraphrase. You have shown us that being peaceful is useless from Radio Fragmata via Enough is Enough. Radio Fragmata interview of an anonymous anarchist in Spain about anti-fascist Catalan rapper Pablo Hassel, who is being prosecuted for his leftist anti-monarchist lyrics in a context of mounting tension in Spain. Quote, It is important to understand that Pablo Hassel's jailing was only the spark that set off this conflagration. The last few years have shown that despite the election of a leftist coalition government, with left-wing Podemos party as the minority partner, Spain continues lurching to the right. The far-right, misogynist, and xenophobic party Vox has made huge gains. With COVID lockdown mandates primarily punishing working-class people, the far-right have used the mandates to deceive and rally public support against the parliamentary left central government. These anti-government demonstrations, flaunting the lockdown rules, were permitted in the right wing, wealthy areas in Madrid while in Vallecas, a traditionally left-wing working-class area of the city, residents were not allowed to leave their neighborhood except to go to work, and when they protested, they were viciously attacked by the police, unquote. This interview highlights that Spain is yet another of the nations swinging to a new extreme, like Brazil, parts of the US, China, Russia, and so on. Regional differences, obviously, but similarities in misogyny, anti-Semitism, and other racism, police impunity, etc. Given the specificity of the topic, the questions asked here are good, and the answers articulate. Eberhardt Press, Equipment Emergency, from It's Going Down. Eberhardt Press is one of the longer-lived anarchist projects in the U.S. and is consistently running on a thread, since they almost never charge enough. This request for funds is to replace a piece of failing machinery with a fortuitously close-by one. Location becomes extremely significant when dealing with a machine that weighs thousands of pounds and multiple moving parts. They have already exceeded their request for donations, which is nice. Perhaps besides the new press, they can get themselves some good health care. Recovering the Anarchism of the 1921 Kronstadt Rebellion from RoarMag.org by Alexander Herbert. Another piece in memory of the centenary of the Kronstadt Uprising, this one has all the details and historical setting that the earlier one lacks, makes some of the same points, constrains itself to a single continent, but has a more boring bottom line. Anarchists were betrayed by communists at Kronstadt, Marxists and anarchists disagree on what happened, and whether it was a good or a bad thing, the anarchist assessment has been adopted by liberals, but without acknowledgement of the anarchist part, and so on. Quote, By resuscitating and censoring the sailors' anarchist leanings, which was erased both in the Soviet Union and the West, Kronstadt becomes less of a symbolic end to inter-party factionalism, and more of a demonstration of the wide variety of sympathetic, but not entirely identical, ideologies on the periphery of Petrograd and Moscow, Indeed, we lack a comprehensive understanding of the anarchist movement more broadly and the political beliefs of the Kronstadt rebels in particular, their collective identity, resource mobilization, and emotionality, because we have been so focused on the interpretation of the event and its implications, unquote. This piece compares evaluations by various historians and witnesses, but also calls anarchism leftist and directly opposes our earlier Kronstadt piece by arguing against factionalism. They're a funny pair. Maybe they should be in a pamphlet together. Every Rose Has Its Thorn from medium.com slash at thistlewritingcollective. This is a group of, quote, 33 ex-militants of BRRN, unquote, who have left the Black Rose Federation due to, quote, issues with accountability, poor feminist praxis, tokenization, and the abuse of soft power within the organization, unquote. This is sad and frustrating. While I think it's great to hear about problems within groups as a way for other groups to avoid those problems, as with almost all of these accusations, it is impossible to know from the outside which of these factions is acting with the least amount of good faith. Luckily, some of us don't give a fuck about Black Rose, and so this is all irrelevant. These 33 folks all seem to think that it's the bad personal politics that are the problem with this long-standing platformist group, and 33 is certainly enough to start their own group. So let the platformist gladiator battles begin. I will bring the popcorn. Constructing an Anarchism and Counter and Entente from Libertarian Labyrinth. Following the brief note earlier in the week, this entry in this excellent project is again about practice specifically through interactions between people, as well as reflecting on Sean's goals for this series of workshops. Quote, While I really believe in the utility of the toolkit I've been constructing, it's not terribly important to me whether or not you do. What is important to me is that those who want to work through the process themselves get a chance to encounter anarchy, 
anarchism, and a range of other related concepts and forms that can't simply be taken for granted. It's a question not just of restoring some anarchic character to our sometimes too comfortable relations with anarchy and anarchism, but suggesting that we need to be prepared for that anarchy in our encounter with even the most classical sources, unquote. The Kronstadt Uprising, a view from within the revolt, from CrimeThink. The last of this week's memorials for Kronstadt, this one, typical of CrimeThink, aims to be the authoritative one and features, quote, the entire text of all 14 issues of the newspaper published by the Kronstadt rebels, unquote. This is an historical piece that, of course, reflects on current events, as all three Kronstadt pieces have noted apologies for the massacre at Kronstadt continue to be made today, but focuses entirely on the past. The vast majority of this very long article is the appendix of articles from the time. It is always tempting to let the facts speak for themselves, but frequently people who are not already convinced that communists, certainly statist ones, are untrustworthy allies for anarchists, probably need the lines drawn a little more clearly. Also, if anarchists are continually fighting against being understood as a tendency that peaked in history, most relevant for events and activities in the past, then this article does not help with that. Cool to read the articles from the newspapers, though. Life and Death of an Anti-Fascist, from The Intercept by Alice Sperry. Intercept is supposed to be progressive, which I guess is why this piece got written at all. It's about the life, murder, and reactions, and non-reactions to the murder of Arminio Lewis, a.k.a. Sean Kulher. It addresses in particular that the murderer, who crushed Arminio with a car, is known to people and not hard to find, but has never been questioned by the cops, for what that's worth. Sperry does fine for a journalist, lots of context is set, including local white supremacy, the history of Antifa, and the impact of Trump. Also, many people were apparently spoken to, perhaps most significantly his mother, who started out cooperating with the cops, but no longer does, as she no longer believes they have any interest in finding the murderer. She also started being harassed by, quote, right-wing activists, unquote, who have, among other things, gone to her home and threatened her until she came out with a weapon. Quote, more than a year after her son's killing, Laura Kulaher is still looking for justice, although she is trying to reconcile her need for closure with the abolitionist politics he held so firmly. Sean would not want the man in prison. He was against prison, she said. A survivor of abuse, she had a hard time accepting her son's commitment to restorative justice and always felt that some people just belonged in prison. But that's not what she wants for the man who killed him, she said. She just wants to sit down with him and hear his life story. I just want him to say he's sorry. I know that sounds crazy. Kielher credits her son for radicalizing her, she said, and noted that since his death, it has been anti-fascists and sharps who have protected and supported her where the justice system let her down, unquote. This is an unusually sympathetic article. Makes me suspicious. Also, kind of makes me wish I'd known Armenio. Sigh. Greece, anarchists attack the Kaisariani police precinct with CCTV video from Anon. Quote, an attack against the Kaisariani police precinct in Athens, Greece, was recorded on 28th of February 2021 by a nearby CCTV camera. Although no one has claimed responsibility for the Molotov attack against the precinct that houses a riot police center, the Greek media and the Greek police are assuming that the attack was executed by anarchists in solidarity with Demetrius Kofodinas, who has been on a hunger strike since the 8th of January 2021. Unquote. That's 55 days, people. Fuck. Greece. Anarchists attacked the Moscato Town Hall in solidarity to D. Kofodinas on hunger strike for 56 days with video. From Anon. Submitted by the same Anon, presumably, this has similar text to the preceding post, plus, quote, a claim of responsibility is assumed by anarchists in solidarity with Dimitris Kofundinas, unquote. The Terror of Adolescence, from Anon at freedomnews.org.uk, by Joe Reynolds. In what is being called the Minecraft case, three young teenagers have been sentenced in Russia to 10 years for the crime of putting leaflets on the walls of the Russian security services, who claimed that the three used the game Minecraft to train themselves for terrorism. This engagingly written article does a good job of linking this outrageous case to bad practices in other places, specifically that of making schools even more active agents of the state in various countries, and linking this case to other terrible cases of abuse. It ends a bit less coherently in a plea-slash-accusation that seems to be aimed at teachers, which is certainly appropriate, and gives good information on writing to the prisoners and a link to donate to them. 
Very helpful. Audio and video in defense of looting with Vicky Osterweil. An hour and 13 minutes from the final straw. Here, as advertised by the title, William interviews, quote, writer, anarchist, and agitator Vicki Osterweil about her recently published book, In Defensive Looting, A Riotous History of Uncivil Action, unquote. I definitely went into this episode with a feeling of dread at hearing a white activist talk about their defensive looting, a dread almost dispelled when Osterweil brought up the origin of the word loot used in British colonial India to bring a number of disparate ethnic groups under a single racial banner related to a supposed weakness for plunder. Unfortunately, from that intriguing start, Osterweil quickly moves on to more expected topics, namely that riots and looting are the language of the oppressed, Maroons, indigenous folks, and other oppressed peoples offer us exciting ways to organize, and looting is political, bro. Blech. I guess a book titled In Defense of Looting is perhaps as ridiculous as it sounds. Reopening of Schools and Myanmar, an hour and 46 minutes from the Broken Record radio show. This is another episode of the Santa Rosa, California-based anarchist call-in radio show with host DJ Broken Record. As I mentioned last week, the politics of Broken Record and crew are definitely quite apart from my own, but the energy and, dare I say, homespun charm they project continue to tickle me. Anyway, apparently one of the hosts for this episode is a teacher who goes into pretty deep detail on all the ways their school system is pushing ahead with in-person schooling and testing mostly for... <gasps> Money reasons! The overall message of that segment is definitely schooling shouldn't be dangerous, but really reads more schools are always really this dangerous even without COVID, though maybe that's me reading between the lines. Oh, and also some dude gives a very long-winded history of Myanmar and talks about a James C. Scott. Interview with Gran Canaria Anarchist Federation, an hour and 15 minutes from Green Anti-Capitalist Media. About itself, Green Anti-Capitalist Media says, quote, in the face of this crisis, the governments of the world seem more interested in propping up capitalist profits than preventing disaster. So we also believe that a disruptive campaign of direct action will be needed to prevent ongoing environmental destruction and prevent those who profit from this destruction from shifting the costs on to the working class, unquote. So kind of environmentally focused, kind of anarchism with class struggle characteristics thing. Here they are interviewing a member of the Gran Canaria Anarchist Federation, Gran Canaria, for those of you who have an American sense of geography such as my own, is part of a Spanish archipelago off the coast of Morocco. Apparently, they've created a renter's union on the island which, quote, has been housing homeless people in squatted buildings run along anarchist principles, unquote. That sounds kind of sweet, except for the requirement that people kind of pledge loyalty to the Federation in order to work with them. But I am more interested in their practice of, quote, bunkerizing, unquote, homes that are under threat of eviction anyway. Species Being and Other Stories on Immediatism podcast, 13 and 6 minutes, respectively, from immediatism.com. Here, Immediatism presents two selections from Frere DuPont's playful and enigmatic book, Species Being. The first, Oh Mama, What Is It?, is a meditation on the left's investment in the world as it is, despite protestations otherwise, riffing off of a nursery rhyme. The second, Ancestors, concerns the calcified structures that constrict our lives, quote, Death appears as the harsh victory of the law of our ancestors over the dimension of our becoming. It is a fact that, as productivity increases, each succeeding generation becomes smaller in stature. The defeat of our fathers is revisited upon us as the limits of our world, unquote. Lift your spirits by checking it out at littleblackheart.com. <laughs> <clears throat> The Art of Not Being Governed on Immediatism Podcast, 18, 29, 41, 33, and 25 minutes respectively from immediatism.com. This is a book of political anthropology written by the American academic James C. Scott, who I believe calls himself an anarchist, or at least certainly uses the A-word a lot. Here he lays out the ways in which inhabitants of Zomia, a mountainous region in Southeast Asia, have fled and avoided the states which surround them. I am definitely pro-anarchist taking up any useful bits of information from the Academy they can, and I guess Scott is in fact an anarchist author, at least on the face of it, but I do cringe at the outsized footprint he makes, particularly when he ends up being the anarchist voice sought out by media. Although maybe it's good to have a nice false front for the normies?
awake? Why are you doing exciting anarchist things? Is it true that anarchism in practice is often really boring? If fun, but beauty, is in the eye of the beholder, how dare anyone judge long assemblies as boring? Maybe they're profoundly enriching and stimulating, on top of necessary, for those who attend them. So anarchists should not heed the sneers of onlookers from other ideologies trying to give them FOMO. Or is this just a deliberate slight, and the opposite is true, that boring is a symptom that anarchy is so lacking? What's the point if we can't have fun? But, how is it to be fun? What are fun anarchist things? Can we list them? What is making anarchists boring? Between employment, organizing, assemblies, mutual aid, prisoner support, and many other projects, is all work and no play making anarchy dull? Or is fun, pleasure and excitement overrated, and therefore anarchists are wise to focus on such more important and pressing matters? After all, you are not in it for the cheap thrills, but as a commitment to the utmost logical extension of lofty humanist ideals, ensuring that people have their basic needs met, so that they're able to live with dignity, right? And to those who don't do any of the above, what's your excuse for being a boring anarchist? Is it the current self-imposed social isolation, a too acquiescent adaptation to the new normal, or other forms of risk aversion, like social anxiety, fear of full pause, of being cancelled, or of things like brutal repression by police on the streets, incarceration, torture, death? Are you mostly being stopped from doing fun anarchy things or are you stopping yourself? If you killed the cop in your head and got rid of all his books, why aren't you going for it, whatever it is? Is it because you've decided that crime doesn't pay, or are you too busy pursuing other interests, or even passions? Like, let's say botany, for example, is this about accepting that in love and your boring anarchy self? Or is this when you realize you've been putting off doing the very things that make you feel alive, the things that give meaning to any anarchy worthy of the name? Hello, Bugs. Glad to have you here. Um, we're going to talk about the topic of the week. So is there any uh, particular thing you want to start it on or do you want me to start on? Um, hi, Anarchy Land also. Uh, there's not anything particular. The question, why aren't you doing exciting anarchist things, has been popping up in my head throughout the week as I go about my day but I don't know if I have a good answer yet. <laughs> so take it away. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, for, perhaps not phrased like this. Um, this is like the funniest uh, way to put it. But yeah, that's like a nagging question because there's like all these models or not models, you could say, maybe icons but maybe not icons so, like let's say examples of, of li lives that are uh presented in in the writings that we read and that they're exceptional lives and then we look at them and we think uh when am i going to start doing those things or mm -hmm. or maybe they're not so exceptional and they're like just things that are tedious and you don't want to do like meetings and assemblies and And maybe other things that are there's good reasons not to do, but yeah, there, there's a, like a, there's the, the the factor of putting in. Yeah, I mean it's a a double question really because the way that it's phrased, and I'm I'm not gonna pretend like <laughs> some some other like uh, when people discuss the topic of the week, they they pretend like they didn't write it sometimes and they did write it, but yeah, I, I wrote this word. <laughs> I was kind of like making fun of the of the boring aspects uh, using that that article that got posted last week as a prompt, and but at the same time also wondering like what why is it that we really don't do this or that? And obviously it's because it's, some things are risky and some things are scary, but at the same time other things are are just not the type of things we want to do. And sometimes we don't want to admit it, but that's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there. I think a lot of different people would answer the question of, like, what are these exi exciting things differently? Um, 
But there does seem to be a pretty homogenous cultural idea of what like anarchist, exciting anarchist things are. And generally it's it's some form of like smashy or um well it involves fire and danger and um ultimately like paranoia and and it well prosecution potentially do 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 those things appeal to you yeah definitely and uh that's that's the the line of thought it's like um you know maybe you're not the type of person that's gonna leap out and, and do those, those things anytime soon and most people aren't if you if we're honest uh even people that would like or would say out loud that they do so but at the same time you know if you you think it and you, and you go through it and you think about consequences and what would that uh cause in the in the world around you and what would that do to change you i mean it, it could serve as motivation or <clears throat> or demotivation but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of things that people just do and they don't even question it because they they like doing it so much it's not even a question of of will i do it or why am i not doing it they're just doing it every day as part of their life so maybe it's just finding that type of thing and and not trying to like judge yourself like some kind of spook ideal that you you're trying to conform yourself to right but I at mean, the same time uh is it challenging the status quo or or i don't know yeah there there's a way that like the aesthetic of um black clad vandals destroying things kind of has become an ideal um and you know that's not to say it's necessarily a bad one i think riots can be fun um but I, yeah, I, I guess neither of us, well, I won't speak for you, but I definitely am not, like, I don't know what the joy is in that, other than the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the type of thing that you, you would have to be there and had done that to, to know how it feels and whether you like it or not. Yeah, and well... Yeah, the, the list goes on, like, uh, why haven't you skydived, or why are you not, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, any type of thing that most people don't do, but they look up to, and they write a bucket list, like, before I die, I'm going to try this out and that out. But, I mean, is that really the thick of what people mean when they, when they say the A word and they want to embody it or try to live it? Mm-hmm. maybe it is for some right uh, but I mean we, we could we could also speak of more mundane fears like uh, you know in the topic also mentioned like some people self-censor for fear of being uh, rejected or criticized or cancelled or or any form of repression and, and you know speaking out is not necessarily the most exciting or dangerous thing you know but it could be yeah um there's there's a point too where i think i don't really love conflating social life with those exceptional moments that sort of can can lead to a break with like a sense of the world. Uh, what I'm talking about is like um, when the the third precinct break, burned down. For people there, I'm I'm sure there was a f- sensation of like, well, a surreal sensation almost. But the yeah, I mean, fear in the the social space. 
is a lot different, I think. Or like um, danger in the social space is very different as well. And how how do you deal with this? Because uh, I'll tell you right away, it's not very interesting how I deal with it. I'm just not involved <laughs> in any of these <laughs> things. And, it, and if you avoid it, you, you avoid the good as well as the bad. But in, you know, in, in your daily social life, like, how do you deal with this? Or, or how does this come into play? Yeah, well, the moments of fun, I guess, to return to a core theme I have in my life that are social aren't haven't for a long time been moments with other anarchists. Um, my particular living situation is a bit different. And so I have mostly contacts. Con uh, I like, I live with children and so they're not, they're not anarchists though. They might have some sympathies or whatever. Um, And we deal. Yeah, and uh, don't go. Oh, I was just gonna end with like that. That we deal with situations a a bit differently, and and fun is a different topic there. Um, I I can remember though, like I first met other anarchists at punk venues, and there was none of the boring media meeting tedium. It was all just you know messing around and and having a good time. And what was anarchist about it was that people there were calling themselves anarchists, I guess, and there's zines and we're all, um, (laughs) they were selling people beer who might not have been the legal age and whatnot, but. (laughs) Well, yeah. And, and, uh, if, if I take it back to, to my experience, um, you know, uh, hanging out with, uh, neighbors hanging out with lifelong uh, friends that do not identify as any of these labels we're discussing. Um, you know, it, it could be a very comparable experience. You know, you're just hanging out. Uh, you go to a music venue, you might drink, you might see people doing those things that you mentioned. So, I mean, the social life for people uh, from culture to culture varies, but it's there's a lot of common things that are not so so different and so um okay so maybe there's a gap right here where i where i think but what i was gonna get to is that so if if we avoid the things we don't want to do like let's say another article that was uh, posted on the website this week uh the the b br uh, the brrn Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't we don't join that for many reasons or it's just simply not appealing to us. So it, does that disqualify us from even doing anything that would be considered what what people think are we're supposed to be doing in order to like I don't know, make some big change or hmm. Well, I think one thing that separates anarchism from, well, at least in my experience, that that has separated anarchism from, say, like joining the Marxist party in my town and, and figuring out, um, going to meetings and, and planning our next action and strategizing and ultimately doing it, returning back to the meeting. Um, is this emphasis on on personal involvement in it like um call it fun call it need but there has to be something for you there and and i mean there's nowhere for me in a meeting like fuck that (laughs) um Yeah, same. And, and I, I mean, I, I have been thinking, so I'm obviously not going to say too much 
first because it's not that interesting and second because I don't want to dox myself uh, but and yeah I mean sometimes you have to do things because you have to do them it's it's urgent and, and that's okay obviously it's not fun 24-7 but um, yes some things are not only boring and tedious they're, they're just not anything in it for you and to just go along with it just so that you can be uh, around people that use a certain label. Mm. You know, it's not like, it seems weird. But okay, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I do have a question that could lead us into a bit more conversation. Yeah. Um. So I guess following along with anarchism, not requiring or, or well for those of us that find anarchism as a place to go or or i don't know meet other people or do things where where we get something out of it what is it that people get out of doing the the smashy or doing the meeting i wonder well well i mean that will vary obviously from person to person like that's something that's very curious when you see these articles that come out, like 10 articles after each demo or, or big event, and they make a big narrative as if, you know, they took the, the bother to interview everyone that was there and what were they thinking, what was going through their minds, how did they feel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there's people that do it because they got rage. They cannot contain themselves. Some people think that it's the opportunity to do some exciting thing that they've never done before without even like analyzing the whole, you know, social panorama or whatever. And then there's some people that think they're, they're doing something that has a, an irreversible impact. And, you know, that that's what they, where they put their efforts because they think that's where they're going to get the most return. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh it's like you said, we, we conflate things sometimes and we 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 think you know we, we second guess ourselves, you know, why why are we doing this or that? Is it because it's like like uh how do you say this? Uh, immediate gratification? Is it because we, we expect to see something in the long run? Like is it a duty, is it charity, is it this is the pastime, you know. Or am I just doing this because I think it's the right thing to do? Or, yeah, that, or that's another thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or that it's the right thing to do, but only because I've seen so much riot porn or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good question for people to ask themselves: like, why am I doing this? Yeah, and if you go down the rabbit hole and you ask yourself, why are you doing anything? I mean, then you <laughs> you end up in like existential despair yeah. and uh, and uh, the, the scary word that John Sersen never wants to hear again, like, you know, denialism. And uh, the truth is, uh, if, you, if you've gone around that path, I mean, you, you really do realize that you can do whatever, that you, you decide uh, why are you why are you doing anything at all? And, and why is there right. a reason for this or that? Well, there is a point. Yeah. There is a point. But um, I do see a lot of people putting themselves in serious risk, let's say, of bodily harm or, or prosecution or whatnot. And in talking to them sometimes and asking them those kinds of questions, like I have noticed people get stumped. Yeah, I think there's a, a, a peer pressure in the right. uh, uh, circles and in the milieu in the groups and uh, in social media. And people get FOMO and they, they, they do it with all kinds of things, not just dangerous things, you know. People 
feel like they're missing out because they're not at this or that party. People feel like they, they're missing out if they're not out on the streets rioting when there's something going down. And, you know, there's there's safer ways to do it and there's like more exposed ways to do it. And obviously all these details are, uh, you know, it's endless considerations and might not be the most fun thing to discuss at the moment, but... Yeah, what we're trying to get at is like, um, yeah, if people lose focus, they might. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that there's the both extremes. You can just go without thinking too much and you do a lot of random shit that you could get hurt. But it, maybe you're lucky you don't get hurt. But then if you think too much about it, you, maybe you don't do anything and you regret it later mm -hmm. on. Okay, well, maybe let's return to the topic of the week. What's your excuse for being a boring anarchist? Hog Talks, do you think that you're a boring anarchist? Yeah, and a boring person in general, I mean. But yeah, that's that's the definition that, like if you call someone boring, you're like, uh, how do you say this? Uh, discarding them wholesale like what why are you doing this or that it's like judging their pastimes and what they like doing like does it mean if you, if you have certain ideas about the world that you can't just like sit around and feel the breeze and like look at the leaves moving and, and just do that like is, is, it, is it not allowed because there's like a civilization crumbling you can't just, just lounge and and chill right so the, the opposite of boring is activism. Or like some extreme hedonism where you're like in a dungeon <laughs> doing S&M and uh, parties uh, every weekend. And I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't know. But there's also like, I mean, you could go to a river that's really cold and really deep and dive headfirst. I don't know. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, so you consider yourself a boring anarchist, right? Yeah, the, uh, if I could consider myself like the, the A word at all, I mean, I can't even like say it out loud for God's sure. sake. Well, and and the reason being that you're not, doing the exciting stuff i guess yeah i mean but th this is pretty pretty exciting right now i think maybe cool it's well, it's a matter of like uh like uh how do you say this not not standards not barriers it's like if you're pushing your comfort zone it just depends how how wide is your comfort zone? If it's not that wide, you could feel excitement from doing very mundane things, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I, as far as I know of you, I think that you and I lead similar lives, um, relatively anyways. And I don't consider myself boring necessarily. Um, And I do think that I, I have had moments in my life of anarchy, too, which I guess may be controversial to say, but I consider that to be, like, what the anarchist is. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, there's... That. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's, that's an important difference because you, what you just said is that two people can lead exactly, uh, like, similar lives and come out of it with a, a different uh, interpretation, different feelings, different philosophy. So, I mean, it, beyond like uh, some type of relativism or subjective, whatever, it's the, if, if your reflection is guiding your actions, like maybe two people doing the same thing, one wants to keep on doing that and the other wants to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. I think the the subjective nature of fun can't really be ignored. 
if you've ever been at a party and, and wanted to leave, but everybody else was having a good time, that seems like a, a pretty clear example of that. Definitely. And to try to impose a notion of fun on, on others is, is like, you know, like torture. <laughs> <laughs> like making someone watch like the crappy movies you like or. Yeah. Or. Uh, or the, the type of company, even the type of friends, like not all people enjoy the same company. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not something to dis dismiss the importance of of the subjective nature of of anything that we do. And but I mean, people are are going to judge and and uh, condemn these or that action and try to persuade people with different degrees of effectiveness of what they should be doing regardless of what they feel for. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. The, the mistake is to start. <laughs> <laughs> what? The, the mistake is to start? You're, you're paraphrasing like a, a dagger strong, but the secret is to begin. The, the mistake is to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The mistake, no. Uh so do we end it there the, the mistake is to is to start and and if you started you better end it no <laughs> well that that might be my own interpretation but i'm sure other people have other ideas of what's fun yeah i don't yeah, know if I, mean, I have any carry on sorry no 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 i was just gonna like take it from there but I think that there's good reason to admire the, the, the people that we look up to, but that doesn't mean that we're them or that we're going to become them and that we're even remotely headed down the same life paths. And we shouldn't feel bad about that because it's like we each have our own lives to lead. Uh, mm -hmm. Like we're playing different characters in this game. It's not, it's not like we can just change who we are uh, so radically, maybe. Like mentioning the topic like botany, if you're things like nerding out about plants, like that YouTuber guy, like a uh, crime face, but botany doesn't, like who are, who, who are people to judge? Like, fuck them, right? Just go around the world looking at plants. Yeah. I think that's a really important point. Um, For our uh anarchist ancestors like bank robbery may have filled a certain fulfilled a certain need um and likely the risk was worth the reward um in multiple ways like firstly that they were able to get away with it and secondly that the propaganda of that had value um but they were the people that could do that. And I'm not for a number of reasons. And I also don't think I could get away with it. Yeah. Same. I mean, if, if you're like an uncoordinated person that can't even like, uh, like dribble a ball at the same time while running, I mean, you're going to have like a problem struggling with the getaway and, and shit like that. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Pick your battles. Yeah. And there's a whole other conversation about the, uh, the state of the sur of surveillance and all that, but it's far more than we have time for here. Yeah, we're gonna wrap up now. But since you mentioned the state of surveillance, that definitely kind kind of like irks me into wanting to somehow do something about that and try to uh, end that or cur curtail that. But when you look at it, uh, it's so technical. It's, it doesn't look like fun. It looks like homework. It looks like, like nerding out. It looks like, like if, if that's your thing, then it could be fun. But if, if that's not your thing, it, it, it might look like really sitting down and studying maps, studying how tech works, manuals, um, timings, uh, schedules of people, personnel, uh, looking up names, addresses mm. you see so 
there's a lot of things that if, if you really get down to it, it's a full-time job. It's not, it's not really, it's not really fun, but sounds at the same boring. time, that doesn't mean it's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sounds boring, but I'll leave it to whoever thinks that's their idea of fun. And we can just like, uh, talk shit on the internet, like, uh, <laughs> like the commenters, uh, you know, they, they say that mockingly, like, oh, my God, such a sick burn they got us. But, I mean, what else are we going to do? I don't know. Fuck us, right? Fuck, fuck them, fuck us. So, yeah. uh, the dog that's barking. Fuck the dog. So, okay. Oh, that's someone else's idea. Uh, okay, yeah. let's end with that. <laughs> okay, so thanks thanks for, for talking with, with me. Yeah. Have a nice day. This week's podcast was sound edited by Greg. What's new is written and read by Chiselin Greg. And we thank Octox and Bugs for their help with the topic of the week. Why aren't you having fun? We hope this podcast is useful too and fun for anarchists and anarcho curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast.anarchistnews.org. For more information, use some good commentary. See what your favorite non sectarian anarchist site, anarchistnews.org, to learn more. Anarchists and anarchist political books, pamphlets, and other material available at littleblackcart.com for news by and or about anarchists and up to the minute commentary. See you at anarchistnews.org. Enter the anarchist news IRC chat room linked on A News or the anarchist news pleroma antisocial with three dots. You find where they are. Go. <laughs> it's a race.